Everything you wanted to know about building a talent-driven organization. Insights and practical advice from leaders at the top of their game. In conversation with Belong's co-founder, Rashad Cole and chief evangelist, Adil Bandukwala. Starting in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Belong Accelerate. Welcome to Belong Accelerate. This is your host, Adil Bandukwala. It's September 2019 when we're recording this podcast at the beautiful Shangri-La in Bangalore. And I'm stoked to be with someone a lot of people look up to in the business world. Her first book, Can I Have It All, created a lot of waves and a second one called Color Matters, which launched in Bangalore yesterday amidst much fanfare, asked the most important and throbbing questions while addressing the power you have it all to change the current business dynamics. One of Fortune's most powerful women leaders in 2013, Anranjita Kumar has shattered the glass ceiling repeatedly and continues to do so. Currently, she is Managing Director Human Resources International Hubs at the Royal Bank of Scotland with over two and a half decades of corporate experience. Welcome to Belong Accelerate, Anu. Congratulations on Colour Matters. Delighted to be speaking with you today. It's a pleasure to be in Bangalore. I think uh, it's one of my favorite cities, not just in India, but in the world, because it is such a true reflection of diverse cultures, diverse mindset. It's that pulsating city where, you know, we are always dreaming what the future holds. And I'm glad to be here, not just because of the book, but also because of the weather. Thank you, Adil. Thank you, Anu. Anu, I'm specifically elated about doing this podcast with you for a few reasons. The theme today is globally crucial and also addresses the current turning tides. The juncture we stand at, it's the perfect time to introspect righteously and you're clearly leading the front and by example. So without further ado, let's straight uh, dive into our theme of our podcast today, which is what color you seek, selective bias and the need for a colorful lens. Anu, when I say that racism runs through as like a routine today, I don't think most people will disagree. Bias on the basis of race has for long defined histories, ruined cultures, and continues to skew opportunities at hand. The impact obviously is far-reaching. Where does one really start to address colorism is my first question. And how do organizations and leaders go about tackling this challenge? Adil, I think you've asked me like six questions in one question. So I will try my best to give one answer. Where do we start? I think we start at home. We start with the little kids in our family. We start with ourselves. I think as when I was growing up, I'm brown. And uh, when elders in the family would tell me, don't drink tea because it'll make you dark. Drink milk, it'll make you whiter. As a three-year-old, four-year-old, I really didn't understand how that would happen apart from the fact that tea is black and, you know, milk is white. So that is much better. And somewhere, because I was trying to, well, I was being told, improve the color of your skin, maybe white is better. So I think it starts at a very grassroots level when we are growing up. And I have two children now where I think they've been kind of born and brought up in different parts of the world. And in some ways, I feel maybe they are just naive because they feel they belong to the world when the world may not think that. So I think the whole journey starts with self, even before we bring it to workplace or we bring it bring it to corporate. And when I say ourselves, it's about when those little interactions happen, whether it's with that shopkeeper who's dark 
whether it's a white person that i'm interacting who i just feel is superior to me because of the color of the skin or that um, you know brown person i meet who i think may be impervished these are all fictions of the mind the color of the skin is not really stating anything apart from reflecting a misguided learning that i might have accumulated over a period of time or what the media would have told me but somewhere i think it's got so embedded into our psyche that each and every action or reaction gets governed with that so there was a statement you made that you know racism is a problem and we know that i don't think we know that and that's been my search or my finding actually through the search of the book that when i started on this journey it was all about i'm not racist somebody else is i have never experienced it but i acknowledge that it does exist so it was always like somewhere this i was standing outside the debate and we are almost ashamed to admit that we are operating with these biases or maybe they are at such an unconscious level that uh, we do not even know they exist or lastly we know they exist but that's how the world is thereby we have legitimized or normalized racism to a point that's that's our modus operandi what a wonderful answer uh, anu i think if i were to summarize it for our listeners you said firstly move away from the fictions of the mind I think you clearly have to start with that. At an execution level, you made a fantastic point. It's got to start from home. It starts with your kids, it starts with parenting, and it's it's a mindset that needs to be inculcated right from the grassroots. So thank you for that, uh, Anu. Anu, if you were to give a quick three-pointer advice on dealing with colored skin, what would that be? How should people with skin color deal with it for better or for worse? Where do they draw the line of tolerance? So I think start with accepting yourself the way you are. Black is beautiful, white is beautiful, brown is beautiful. I think just that acceptance whether you're a white, black or brown, I just like what I see in the mirror is extremely important. So if you don't love yourself, it will exude in your interactions with many others. And this whole thing about what's inferior and what's superior is I mean yes, to an extent it's been socially imbibed but it is also for us to break out of that mold so i would say start accepting yourself the second is i would operate with zero tolerance right if there is any behavior which i feel i'm being subjected to because i'm a brown person i would speak up i would push back and i think that doesn't happen as often because there is a tacit acceptance that this is better than that so it's okay if somebody is cheating me in this way and i can't tell you adil the number of times i see this where you know there are many times people rationalize and saying aise to hota hai you know why do you want to take pangas why do you want to do this what is the big deal maybe he does or she doesn't understand So let's stop rationalizing for others and let's stop rationalizing what's happened in the past. So there is nothing called what is the level of tolerance it's just zero tolerance. As an individual I should be valued for who I am, what I bring to the table and what value add I create. So that'll be my second advice. And the third is also be accepting of others. So as much as I push myself out there I have to also imbibe accepting others at a neutral and an equal platform and not reacting to others as if they're superior or you know inferior to me. So I think those are the three pieces of advice that I would probably you know like to share. 
Thank you, Anu. Anu, you clearly said that you know people me- need to move beyond conventional wisdom of just accepting things as they are, and you said there has to be zero tolerance, which I completely agree with. And you've got to push back. But why don't you think people push back? And is this an India-centric problem? Is this a global phenomena? Is it an Asia-wide thingy? Or ha- because obviously you've worked across geographies and you've. Uh, got an immensely rich career which spans over decades dealing with people from different locales ethnicity and race so why don't you think people push back enough why do people just accept conventional wisdom is my question have you ever been a minority adil and when you are with the majority and you think something is going wrong let me ask you what holds you back fear for one in today's world like they say reality is not reality perception is reality and perception another I think these are two that I would clearly look at or consider before voicing my opinion. So I think you answered the question. That's exactly why people don't speak up. I would say fear is a big one and you've been a minority so have I. And when you walk into a majority group there is this feeling of intimidation. There is this feeling of a bit of a self-doubt. I think you know it's a bit like I know what is right or wrong but will they listen to me? or will i be discarded even before i speak and nobody likes that rejection so for the fear of rejection and intimidation people don't always speak up but look at the dissonance that we live with we are also living with double consciousness in my view we know what needs to be done but we don't do it because we are so fearful of the consequences of how i would be treated because of who i am so it is a conundrum um and fear has a big role to play fear and rejection the second is you talked about perception which is right and we are kind of in this catch 22 where we believe there is a perception out there and i will talk about my experience here so if i'm in europe and there is a perception that for example brown people are a bit loud bit uncool bit pushy bit aggressive i know even before i start speaking i have assumed that white guy across the counter thinks like this about me and maybe i'm overcompensating for it by trying to be somebody i'm not i may not be what he thinks but i may not be what i'm trying to project so i think there is a thin boundary about where you wish to operate again because of fear of rejection from this guy i will try and be what i think he likes me to be and sometimes we kind of start to wear these personas which is not real self and which over a period of time create a lot of dichotomy in our operating system if i may say and the third one is um, sometimes people might have spoken and consequences of what happened after that so as in my professional job i often hear saying you know i'm not getting that promotion or i'm not getting that job because i may belong to a certain ethnicity it's always difficult to prove that right or wrong but the consequences of even stating that even though i may feel that i perceive are huge it might be a career limiting move it might be that i'm branded as a troublemaker so guess what i do i just keep shut i don't even talk about it i try and work around the system to get myself there so i think there are two parts one is speaking up irrespective and i can assure you that i have done it at different points in my life and i've always moved forward yes it has not been easy and yes it had meant that one had to break the class but i would rather live with the satisfaction of have tr- having tried rather than not have tried at all and the second is we together also have to change the system 
so the system is very big it's very embedded i don't think we're going to be doing it with just one book or overnight or over a year this is a decade long journey and i think if together we move the needle in terms of how we work with each other just simple interactions you know processes just keeping our mind open trying to make friends i mean a simple technique which i employ is when i go to a country i eat in a local restaurant i don't hang around with indians all the time i know it's very comforting to be with your own but i try and mix with the local people i go and learn about local festivities local food but just that openness will help us change the system that's an amazing lesson that you just taught me ano which is uh, it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to speak up and be yourself in fact it's very important to be yourself uh, one of the lessons that tom peters uh, taught the world is each one of us is a brand whether we like it or not whether we know it or not and it's very important to be ourselves and if we're not being ourselves i don't think we're doing a service to us or the society so fantastic thank you for teaching me that a similar question or a related one on that note anu is that i've consistently observed that a lot of people are generally unaware of their inherent biases there's a subtle ignorance that um, influences decision making on a day to day basis how do you begin to educate people in such a scenario how does a profession that's all about people begin this change and clearly you've been a strong part of this profession for many very many years now so you know biases are finely feelings and thoughts and we're all made up of feelings and thoughts so we we tend to always use and you know you were with me yesterday when somebody talked about biases and I kind of somewhere agree halfway through that that we're all made up of feelings and thoughts and that makes our life much easier. You know, if I have to think about everybody I meet and you know start from scratch, it's going to be inordinate amount of effort. So, I think operating with some bit of sense of what people may be like is okay. But getting that or becoming a slave of it or being constrained by it totally is not okay. So I think exploration when you meet new people is important. So for me, for example, I mean, in my job, when I'm doing interviews, I would ask really open-ended questions like, "So what do you enjoy? Where do you get your buzz? Where do you get your mojo from?" That's more important. then saying look you know where do you come from and which part of this country you belong to and what's your religion that's not important as far as i'm concerned to do this job what's your value system tell me about you know three things which really really tick you off so really getting to know them i may have yet started if i see somebody and i'll be a little provocative if i see somebody who's a black person from africa I'm human. There might be some unknown emotions which may go through my mind even though I believe that I'm very open-minded and understanding. So I'm also asking open questions. The other is this is my personal experience is look people in the eye. It's uh, very helpful because um, I mean I think the eyes carry a lot of emotions as well. So when you talk to people be with them, be present with them and that will either validate something that you're already thinking or it will give you a newer perspective into people so you know honestly unconscious biases are unconscious because they are unconscious we may not even know they exist but you will surprise yourself when you engage with somebody in a really open ended way to say that you know we are bereft and we'll be evolved and we will liberate ourselves from any biases is unrealistic that's not going to happen but to be watchful and guarding against it especially when you are 
making new relationships, making new associations, taking key decisions in your life or at work is an important aspect of doing it. Awesome. Anu, you've put your story out uh, recently when writing uh, Color Matters. The book is out now. It's up there on Amazon. It's up there on Flipkart. It's there in leading uh, retail stores. It really brings out uh, to the front experiences of people whose voices were not heard until now. Question is, how does the HR community take on multicultural environments and diverse ethnicity dynamics from here on? What's your advice? What is it that they can learn from the book? Maybe you can share a couple of anecdotes from the book that you think HR leaders and even business leaders for that matter should really look up to uh, read on and process that insight which can help them drive tangible business actions going forward i think uh, you know whether we talk about leaders or we talk about hr let's start with acknowledging we have a problem or we have a issue which can be resolved let's put it more constructively i yet believe we don't see this as a serious issue at this point of time we think yeah it's kind of there and they, you know across the country including india we have quotas and we should meet those targets whether it's you know sast in india bme in uk you know a certain arabic quota in dubai or in the us so i think you know the government has is kind of propagated a few policies and strictures around it and uh, we all try and scramble to comply but compliance is not about inclusion compliance can be achieved by multiple ways and uh, you know as professionals uh, in hr or being leaders we know that to bring about that grassroots level change requires a strong messaging from the top so you know let me go beyond india and i'll come back to india but let me take up my other home country which is uk So if you look UK ethnic minority is 14% of the total population you look at colleges about 34% of the college population is BME of which 22% is workforce ready of which 10 to 12% are at mid levels of which 6% gets into boardrooms right one in every 16 companies in FTSE 100 has a person of color that's it so until and unless we are really inclusive this number is not going to change and there's plenty of research which has been carried out in uk and i believe uk is one of the more progressive countries as far as this agenda is concerned coming back to india i mean we do have quotas and i'm not a great propagator of quota system i do believe that quotas are needed where you know there is a disadvantage lot so that's fine but i'm a great believer of target system because target has a consensus from people who are really going to work on it quota is forced on you but we haven't yet taken that as seriously either i mean in india for example if you look at northeast india we already start with perceptions of what they do and how they behave and how many of northeast indians do we really see in mainline jobs so let's dig it you know we call ourselves a secular country but are we truly represented in the same way in our workplace I won't take it away that if you're in a particular state you will find people from that state and I know you know there have been debates lately about reservations in different states and so forth so on which I will not dwell into but I'm a great believer of talent merit and inclusion and I think as practitioners we need to encourage and make that happen we need to go about it in a targeted way you know one of the stories I talk about in the book is diverse panels and number of hires we make 
and we talk about it you know it's any leader or any hr professional knows we talk about diversity and diverse panels but how are they really working how are you holding them accountable because what happens in that interview room and the biases which are at play we may get a diverse set of candidates they will never make it through the process until and unless there's a fair play on the process how do you gauge there is a fair play happening on the process these are very difficult questions which is why i say that you know you require effort at all ends at grassroots at mid levels at hr practitioners level and a message from the top so if a ceo of a company says look i just got to have two people this is my target right i'm not going to kill you but i definitely need to have two people It'll have some consequences then the machinery goes out to find the best two people if we were to say oh i want to have 30% now you know often we have this that debate when we are hiring women the problem is that we will hire that 30% but then put them into marginal jobs which means they will never progress to the top which means at the top of the house the culture and thought process is not going to change so i think we need to have a strategy around it which is uh, you know how we hire talent how we develop them how we promote them but i think it starts with the mindset and the culture uh brilliant anu anu the lesson there uh, the gist of it was that you've got to accept that there is a problem it all starts with that and instead of just beating around the bush embrace it head on don't just look at it from a compliance point of view like you said and solve for it because you really want it to and you believe in it rather than just saying that this is a checkbox item and it all starts from the top like you said and we need to ensure that there are all kinds of people at all kinds of levels and only then uh, we'll see results because otherwise the research has been telling this for long and we've just not been able to make progress that's a wrap on the formal section of our podcast that was fantastic i really enjoyed listening to you now just for our uh, listeners to get to know you as an individual i'd love to do some questions rapid fire style okay. where we'll just ask you some questions on what do you like what you don't like yeah. and we'll take it from there my first one anu is what's the one publication you recommend to your colleagues that they should subscribe to i don't know about publication but i'm a netflix junkie so i hope somebody from netflix is listening and i get some subsidy on my subscription but i'm genuinely a netflix or a prime junkie and i actually don't watch so many movies but i watch a lot of documentaries and i find that there's very little difference now in fiction and reality and reality is becoming so much more interesting so that's what i would subscribe to speaking of netflix which has been your favorite fictional character on netflix on prime or any television or movie series that you've seen well actually there's so many it's such a difficult question adil i think the series that i love on netflix is black mirror i have found my children have found well they have got new found respect for me because i have watched every netflix black mirror episode and i can't wait for season 6 now but in terms of character i like good wife and i like uh, the lead character uh, who's a lawyer in that uh, in that uh, so awesome coming to comic books what has been your favorite comic book character plenty again but calvin and hop so calvin <laughs> and you know why <laughs> calvin is brilliant uh, anu if you were on an island and you could bring only three things what would you bring lots of bottles of wine uh, my phone and uh, my earpods <laughs> all right uh, the most interesting person you follow on social media Well, I think interesting stroke inspirational, I would say J.K. Rowling. I just um, you know, love the way she's resurrected her life and uh, you know, there have been times where I've stumbled on issues and problems and when you hear people like that and what they have gone through, uh, it gives you a lot of courage and uh, energy. 
for sure anu what's been your favorite book the one book that has inspired you oh can't say can i have it all can i <laughs> um but i think um i would say factfulness hans Ro- uh, rosling i read that book some time back i'm a storyteller i'm i'm really driven by feelings and emotions and that book just grounded me with the numbers and i think he calls himself a possibilist i just love that world you know he says you know people think i'm an optimist but i'm just a possibilist uh, and so i really buy that that's fascinating we often heard you know pessimist optimist realist possibilist this is a whole new way of looking at things fantastic anu what do you love splurging on at what store would you max out your credit card oh well i wish that was ever a possibility uh, but you know my favorite store is shut down it was toys r us uh i think toys are such a learning mechanism and i've and when my kids were young i should love going and buying toys and board games um so i will continue to splurge on that awesome three things still left on your bucket list travel 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 so i'm a travel buff i just don't get enough support from my husband and i literally have to find new travel partners but uh, i want to travel till i can and uh, so that's traveling i've got a bucket list only for travel to be honest with you so that's clearly one learning an instrument i used to sing at a point of time and i said no i have to learn an instrument i didn't have the time i got my son who loves playing guitar and i just want to learn an instrument and i want to play that odd game of golf which i've never been able to complete speaking of travel what's the one destination country city that you've you're now looking forward to going to that you've never been to before You know I want to go to Alaska that Alaskan cruise and not just the cruise I just want to go there there are two things one is just the beauty and the sheer beauty of the pictures that I see and the second is with this whole debate around climate change it's just one of those things which has gotten into my head that I want to go there and see the glaciers I'm sure you know it's just probably a figment of my imagination but I visualize glaciers kind of melting but alaskan cruise is something which is top of my list right now that sounds fantastic uh anu if you didn't have to sleep what would you do with all that extra time write more which is uh, what i have been doing so my writing has happened off uh, work hours as you can imagine usually at night uh, which has kept many in my family awake as you can guess but that's what i would do and anu what's the one habit you think every one of us should go pick up immediately Hmm. Exercise. I've had to imbibe that, uh, you know, after a bad bout of illness that I had, and uh, I've reached that point in my life where you don't get any younger, you get older, but get aging gracefully uh, and keeping your mindset young and living. I think both physical and mental being well-being is extremely important. You heard her. That was Anuranjita Kumar, Managing Director, Human Resources International Hubs at Royal Bank of Scotland, uh, who's just brought out a new book, Color Matters. You should pick one up. It will change your perspective at a lot of ways you perceive and do business. Will humble you. So grab that copy. Anu, thank you so much for doing this. Lovely to have you on Belong Accelerate. Thank you, Adil. Pleasure was entirely mine, and uh, I look forward to a continued association. Thank you for tuning in to Belong Accelerate. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please subscribe to Belong Accelerate on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whatever podcast channel you choose to listen from. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast app. If you have suggestions on themes and particular guests you would like us to cover, please tweet to us with hashtag Belong Accelerate. 
See you on our next podcast. Ciao.